This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. A few weeks later, and I think this is an underrated one. It was a Thursday afternoon game, May 19th, and I was very lucky because the Yankees also played a day game that day. So Craig and I were at the office watching the Yankees and the Mets simultaneously. The Mets were at City Field. They were closing out a series against the Cardinals, a four-game series against the St. Louis Cardinals. The Mets at the time were 25-14. and 14. They had won the night before, but... Uh, no, Scherzer didn't get hurt that day. Did he? I don't think he did. I think he was still healthy. I'm trying to remember. Maybe he did get hurt that day. Trying to remember if that, yeah, I think it was. So Max Scherzer pitches, the Mets win, and he gets hurt. I'm trying to remember because I knew going into that last game, there was a lot of pressure. Um, the Mets had played the St. Louis Cardinals, a doubleheader previously, like you mentioned, and Scherzer gets hurt, but the Mets win. And so they're wrapping up this four-game series against St. Louis, and we now know there's no Max Scherzer for probably two months. We didn't know the exact amount of time at that point, and there's no Jacob DeGrom. So despite being 25-14, and 14, there was some anxiousness amongst us as Met fans. That was the reason why this game meant a lot to me. And it was this weird back-and-forth game. Mets had a 2-0 lead. Cardinals came back, took a 3-2 lead. Mets regained the lead in the fifth inning. So they had themselves a 5-3 lead. Cardinals got a run to make it 5-4. And then in the ninth inning of this game, while Craig and I were getting ready to go on the air, or maybe we had gone on the air at this point. I don't even remember. It appeared like Edwin Diaz was going to end the baseball game. There were guys on base, and Paul Goldschmidt hit a ground ball to third. And Eduardo Escobar flat out booted it. Just flat out booted it. It was a play he needed to make. He didn't make it. It allowed the tying run to score. And to Diaz's credit, he actually got out of the inning because the bases would be then loaded uh, a few batters later for Juan Yepes, and he struck him out, and he got through it. So what could have been a bigger disaster was averted because Edwin Diaz, to his credit, battled through even after Eduardo Escobar had essentially blown the game. Mets do nothing in the ninth inning. Uh, Colin Holderman does a great job getting through the 10th inning, got Albert Pujols to ground into a big double play. And then in the bottom of the 10th inning, as the Mets are about to embark on a road trip and Max Scherzer is headed towards the injured list, I wanted this freaking game badly, especially because they were a strike away from winning it two innings earlier. And Pete Alonso, my effing guy. Well, we have another highlight first before that. Here's oh, the really? Goldschmidt. Swing and a roller to the left side. Oh, Escobar bobbles the ball, trying to cut it off. The tying run scores. Digging for third, Donovan. No throw from Escobar. On at first is Goldschmidt. We'll see how they score it. It was going to be a tough play, but either way, the Cardinals have tied the game against Edwin Diaz. Alonzo cracks oh. one of the Mets oh. win the ball game. Out of sight. A two-run ball. 
walk off with a 7-6 win. Oh, wow. I like that you did that, Pete. You surprised me on that one. I like that. See what, throw, see what I did there? See what I yeah, did there? You, you throw in the negative, the kick in the balls, which is Escobar not being able to make a play, and then you give us the, the – and that was a great call, especially because Darling and Keith jumped all over Gary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They were they were very excited. I think that because I remember at the time Craig was saying, "Why you know why is that such a big deal?" Ev, well, they won the game, but why is that such a big win? And I was emphasizing that's a huge win, and I think the Scherzer injury played a big role. Plus, the Mets were about to go on a really difficult road trip. They were about to go out west, and you just wanted that victory, especially when you had one in the palm of your hands. And it's crazy to think. Until the Atlanta series, until blowing in the playoffs, the Mets didn't have bad losses throughout this season. They had amazing wins, but they didn't have those epically bad losses. I remember 2019 was filled with them. It was just loaded with, remember this game, game against St. Louis. Remember the Dodger game. Remember Dom Smith dropping a fly ball in San Francisco. Like It was just loaded and loaded with bad losses. This team didn't have any, and this game had a chance to be one. So uh, it was an incredible win and a great job by Pete Alonso. I- I'm about to bring up a game, and this is the only one on this list, but I'll explain why. I'm about to bring up a game they lost. And the reason I'm going to bring it up is even though it didn't end till 1.35 in the morning, and in the moment I was mad, and in the moment I was pissed off, I thought this game showed the brilliance, the fortitude, and the balls of the 2022 New York Mets. Because not too much earlier than this, because this is now May 24th. This is how many days? 19 days after the Mets made the comeback against the Phillies. We're only talking two and a half weeks. And they're playing the San Francisco Giants, and they are losing 8-2 to in the seventh inning. Now, most of this audience, I don't care how how diehard you are, there's about a 55% chance you shut this game off. And who can blame you? They're losing 8-2. to two. The game didn't start till a quarter of 10. It's late at night. It's a loss. It is what it is. The Mets had won the opener of this series. Okay, not the end of the world. Not a big deal. Chris Bassett got his ass handed to him. Uh, Drew Smith blew it up later. So it was just one of those games where you're like, all right, it's just not our night. And the New York Mets somehow, some way, did it again. It started with a Francisco Lindor two-run home run, (laughs) just like the Philly game. It always starts with a Francisco Lindor two-run home run. That made the game 8-4. to And then in the eighth inning, single, 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 fielder's choice, single, single, and then the big knock of Francisco Lindor three-run triple that somehow gave the Mets the lead. They went up 11 to 8. And then they proceeded to blow it. <laughs> now, that's the only problem. Drew Smith came in. Jock Peterson hit his third home run of the game. A three-run shot. Then the Mets took the lead again in the ninth inning on a sacrifice fly by Brandon Nimmo. And Edwin Diaz failed for the final time this season in essence. And I'll never forget what he said. He gave up a leadoff hit in the ninth trying to protect a one-run lead and then got a double play. So the Mets are about to win. The Mets are about to pull this miracle off. Amazing comeback, blow the lead, retake the lead. But then Edwin Diaz issued a walk, a hit, 
Jock Peterson tied the game with an RBI single, and Brandon Crawford walked it off. And Diaz admitted after the game, I lost my concentration. And when I heard that, I was, what? what you lost your concentration? What are you talking about? Game's not over. But the reason I think back to this game fondly, despite how bad it felt at the time, was A, it showed the Mets balls like I mentioned, and B, Edwin Diaz would not blow another save. This would be the game you could look back on and say he figured it out. Whatever mental block he may have had in certain moments, it all went away. So, Pete, give us a clip from this incredible Met loss, but moral victory. Pitch. Swing and a drive. Right field. Way back. Long gone. Jock Peterson hits it into McCovey Cove. And this game is tied 11-11. to In the bottom of the eighth, Peterson with his third home run tonight. He's driven in seven. All three Giants runs here in the eighth inning with two outs. But wait, Evan, there's more. 1-1. Round ball, left side, base hit, around third rough. Canna's got it. Throw home to try to get rough. Not in time. Rough scores, and the San Francisco Giants win an extraordinary ball game here at Oracle Park. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Yeah, I didn't like that. Well, you got to play the negative. Uh, well, there was no positive. And yes. I, I listen, the Jock Peterson was bad enough because he really single-handedly took that game upon himself to come back with. But then the final call to hear freaking Darren Ruff. If we're going to go down in a flame, we might as well have Ruff on the call. I mean, come on. This shows the difference between you and I. I looked at this game now months later and said it was a positive. And all you did was go to the negative. The Peterson home run, Ruff scoring the winning run. Yeah, I get it. They lost. But looking back on this game, wasn't it amazing? Wasn't it? Didn't it show the fight of the team? And didn't it show you that Edwin Diaz would never let this happen again? On, on, Listen, at this point in time, we now have had like five or six games where I'm like, this is still May, and we've come back and have won games. Like, I honestly thought we were winning that game. There was no oh, doubt yeah. in my mind. I'm like, oh, my God, this is, this is incredible. What's going on? We're going to win the World Series tonight. Like, that's how I felt after that game, during that game. And then Peterson just wouldn't stop that mf yeah. You know, yeah. it's really his fault. Let's put it well, on Peterson. Yeah, it really was. It was it was an all-time great game by him. Three home runs, the game-tying hit. I, I know the Mets lost the division by a game, so you could go back and actually yell at me right now saying, come on, this could have been the difference. I don't know. I think the fact it was Diaz's last blown save, and I remember staying up all night. Like, And when it was over, I was depressed, I was sad, but it really was one of the most remarkable baseball games I had ever seen. Uh, but okay, it is what it is. That's the only loss, I promise. Uh, A few days later, the Mets went to L.A., played four games in L.A. They lost the first two games in Los Angeles. They won game three of the series um, on a Saturday late night. Pete Alonso with a couple of home runs, drove in five. And that brought us to Sunday afternoon. 
and what turned out to be the greatest split in the history of the New York Mets. At least that's what we were saying afterwards. Because right out of the gate, Trevor Williams is starting against Julio Urias. It just feels like a mismatch. Knowing who Julio Urias is, and certainly Trevor Williams, though he pitched well this past season, is a spot starter. He's filling in for Max Scherzer. And right out of the gate, he gave up a home run to Trey Turner. We'll be seeing a lot more of him now as Trey Turner obviously has now entered the National League East. So we're down 2 nothing in this game. To Trevor Williams' credit, he settles down. Starling Marte hits a home run. We're down 2-1, to one, and the game slowly marches on where we just cannot hit. We cannot hit. And then finally, in the eighth inning, we rally. Lindor double. Alonzo RBI double. An incredible Eduardo Escobar at bat. That leads to a sacrifice fly. An RBI single by Tomas Nito. And we are now six outs away from defeating the Dodgers and getting a split. And that's when Buck Showalter did something that you know I love, but he did it for the first time. He went to Edwin Diaz in the eighth inning because the Dodgers were sending up the top of the order. He did brilliant work. He got Mookie Betts out. He got Freddie Freeman out. He got Trey Turner out. But that meant Seth Lugo was going to have to come in and get the final three outs with a two-run lead. He gives up immediately a home run to Will Smith, gets the next two outs. So Lugo is an out away, gives up a double to Chris Taylor. Okay, deep breath. He's still an out away. And then he gives up an RBI single to the figure skater or the speed skater, Eddie Alvarez, whatever he did. Wasn't he an Olympian? Isn't that the whole story about that guy? Either way, it sucked. Seth Lugo blew the lead. It's now 2-2 or 4-4. And this has a chance to go from an incredible win that earned us a split to a really damaging loss. Luckily, top of the 10th inning, right out of the gate, J.D. Davis, we forget he was a Met, comes through with an RBI double. But the Mets hit into some bad luck. Eduardo Escobar lines into a double play. So we have a one-run lead. It's the bottom of the 10th inning. But unfortunately, the Mets have to go to Adonis Medina. Adonis Medina to get three outs with a runner on second, obviously, because of that stupid rule. And he's got to get the big guys out. He battles Mookie Betts. Nine pitch at back. Gets him to fly out. Gets Met killer Freddie Freeman to ground out. But then... There's a catching interference call that puts Trey Turner on base. He promptly steals second. And now all of a sudden the Dodgers are a single away from walking us off. I was in the car listening to this moment. Uh, Me and my family had visited my parents and my wife was giving me the look. It's getting late. All right. We're heading home. So I said, okay, fair enough. Let me close my scorebook. We will listen to the final inning in the car and I'll fill in the scorecard later. So I'm sitting there listening, bated breath, and Adonis Medina struck out Will Smith, and the New York Mets had pulled it off. The greatest split in the history of the franchise. The one-two pitch. Swing and a miss. Strike three. Adonis Medina and the Mets survive, and they split the series with the Dodgers. They win this afternoon 5-4 to four in 10 innings. That was great. That was a great win. And, you know, even sitting here all these months later, it was the greatest split in the history of the Mets because 
I think off walking out of that series, we felt like, hey, we could play with anybody. We just got to split against the Dodgers, especially with the way the series began by losing the first two games, rallying in the finale, and then having a guy like Adonis Medina get through the heart of the Dodger order to win that game. And if I'm correct, we also, like, that was wrapping up the West Coast trip. Completely. Yeah, uh, it was towards the end. I think they had a few more games, but it was towards the end of it. But, yeah. the, but I think we had, like, that was the hardest part of it. So it's like, we just survived that? Yeah. This is great. It's fantastic. And on another note, guess what happened that day? What happened that day? It was the debut of Rico Bronia. Is that true? First uh, first full episode <laughs> debut no later idea. on. And we came out with the best split of all time. <laughs> you know, I never knew that. How about that? How about that? I, you would think I would know something like that. But good job by you. He's all over it. That was a tremendous victory. About a month later... Uh, Keith Hernandez's number was being retired. And I've been criticized. It was a decision I made to not go to that game and instead go to the beaches of Montauk with my family. But we had a great time that day, so no regrets. But me and my family did watch that game. Keith Hernandez having his number retired. Really, really cool moment. And then you had a baseball game. And it was an ugly kind of baseball game. Mets had a one nothing lead. They blew the lead. It was 2-1. to one. They retook the lead. Marlins came back and tied it in the eighth and then took the lead in the 10th inning of this game. Could the Mets possibly lose on Keith Hernandez day? It started to look that way because Eduardo Escobar struck out, Luis Guillerme struck out, and the Mets were down to their final out with Tomas Nito at the plate. And he hits a ground ball to third, and really the third baseman should have made the play. It went underneath his glove, down the line. It actually tied the game. But then, to really make this feel like 1986, Brandon Nimmo had a tapper back to the mound and Tanner Scott threw it away. And what I'll never forget about this, and you'll hear, is the eerie similarities between the final call and what was also the final call of Game 6 in 86. Take a listen. And Brandon just went back to the mound. Bobbled for a moment by Scott. Oh, here comes Dino and the Mets win it! And the Mets win it. Very similar to the 86 call. And it was a very lucky win. I mean, I, I, think, I think we'd all admit that. But it was still cool. You didn't want to lose on Keith Hernandez Day. And the Mets made sure they didn't. 